Hello, and welcome to the House of Legends, where you can hear world myths and legends told by a professional storyteller. I'm your host, Daniel Allison, and this is episode 54, The Boyhood of Finn. This episode is the second in our Finn McCall mini-series to celebrate the launch of my new book, Finn and the Fianna, which will be out in December. Last week, we heard the first story, The Fate of Cool, in which Finn's father, Cool, was slain by his rival, Gaul McMorna. Finn's mother, Myrna, gave Finn to two women, Lea Lucra and Bomal, to raise in secret in the deep forest, lest Gaul learnt of Finn's existence and sought to destroy him. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, be sure to go back and give it a listen before you listen to this one. Before we have the story, I'd like to take this opportunity to share an exciting piece of news. I'm currently building a membership site for oral storytellers called the Roundhouse Storytelling School. The Roundhouse is a place in which you can study folklore and mythology from around the world, study master storytellers at work, and learn about the practical business of storytelling. Whether you've yet to tell your first story, or are a community teller looking to go professional, or you just need a bit of help to keep your practice up, the Roundhouse will have everything you need and more. The Roundhouse will launch in January. To get updates and access a special discount on membership, head to houseoflegends.me forward slash membership site. And now the story, The Boyhood of Finn. of Sleeve Bloom, Finn's foster mothers, made a new home. Finn grew up, not among warriors and weapons, but among oak and beech, hazel and ash, deer and squirrels and winding streams. His world was peaceful, and he knew that Lea Lucra and Bomal loved him. His mother was a fleeting shadow in his thoughts. He did not know what a father was. Finn grew older. He wandered the woods around their hut until he knew every tree, every stone, and every bend in the river. He went further, finding and extending the boundaries of his world. Finn gazed in wonder at his discoveries. Dragonflies and newts, tadpoles and corncrakes, a snuffling badger emerging from her set. He learnt the songs of the birds, climbing into the treetops to join the dawn chorus. He stared up at the stars, giving them names and stories as he traced their slow voyage through the night. Finn grew older. As Finn grew older, he asked more and more questions. He wanted to know why the seasons changed, what came after death and where the stars landed when they fell from the sky. By the fire at night, nestled among firs beneath the rough roof, Lea Lucra and Bomal told him of the world. This land is called Ireland, said Lea Lucra, the huntress. It is surrounded by the sea, a great plain made of water that cannot be drunk. Ireland is divided into four provinces, Leinster, Connaught, 
Munster and Ulster. Each province has its king, and the High King of Ireland rules over them all. Over the sea, to the west, are islands where the Fomorians dwell, said Beaumal, the druid. Some of them have the shape of men. Others have the heads of men and the bodies of beasts, or the heads of beasts and the bodies of men. There are even those that dwell beneath the sea. Many lands lie to the east, said Lea Lucra. The place that the folk of Ireland love best is Alba, the land of storms where legions of mountains pierce the sky. What is beneath the earth? asked Finn. Bomal smiled. The Tua di Danon, she answered. So Finn learnt of the Tua di Danon, the children of Danu, who had taken Ireland from a people called the Firbolgs and ruled her until the day his own people came. On that day, the Tua di Danon had their druids call a storm from the sky so that the Gaels, Finn's ancestors, could not land their ships. But the Gaels had a mighty druid called Amergin, who spoke a poem that silenced the storm. The Gaels landed and took Ireland for their own. The Tuadidanan, sometimes called the fairies or she, made new homes in underground halls or went over the sea to Tirnanog, land of the ever young. Night after night, Finn learned of the world. That which he learnt, he never forgot. He loved best the tales of the children of Danu, who lived long lives beneath the earth and could be beautiful or monstrous, kind or cruel. Finn fashioned his own tales of Govnu the smith and dreamed of the Morrigan, the mother of battles, whose crows fed on the slain. He pretended he was Mananan, riding his white horse over the waves, or that he was Angus Og, brandishing twin swords and twin spears. Of cool and the Fianna, Finn never heard a word. Finn grew older. He hunted with Lea Lucra by day. After Lea Lucra had fallen asleep each night, Finn lay awake, watching Bomal as she gazed into the fire, seeing things unseen by Finn and singing her druid songs. Day by day, Finn grew taller and stronger. He thought always of the world beyond the forest, and yearned to explore it. His foster mothers would not let him, and when he asked them why not, they fell silent. A rift grew between them and Finn, as he sensed knowledge being withheld from him. Rebelliousness took root, and he wandered farther from home than it was allowed. Thus, Finn arrived one day at the edge of a field. He had never seen such a thing, nor had he seen such a thing as the grassy common, or the village beyond, or the boys out playing a game on the common. He approached them and asked what game they were playing, and could he join in? The boys weren't keen. They didn't know who this wild-eyed stranger was. There was something about him that marked him as different to them, and that made them uneasy. But they explained that the game was called Harley, and showed him how to play. He was given a stick and was soon running beside them as they hit the ball and, more often, each other. Finn was good at the game. In fact, he was so good that he was soon demanding that they all play together against him, as otherwise it was too easy and boring. 
they accepted. Finn beat them single-handedly. The boys lost their tempers, abandoned the ball, and beat Finn with their sticks. He broke free and ran away, disappearing into the forest. Finn decided not to tell the Alukra and Bomal about the encounter. Yet as the days went by, he found that he couldn't stop thinking about those boys. They'd made it clear that they didn't want to be friends with him, but he wanted so much to learn their games, their names and their ways, so he made up his mind to seek them out. He found them playing in a river pool, leaping and diving from the surrounding rocks. Emerging from the woods, Finn asked if he could play. Oh yes, said the biggest of the boys. You can play with us. Finn grinned, took off his shirt and boots, and dived into the water. The moment he broke the surface, he heard a shouting and felt hands pressing on his head and shoulders. The boys swarmed over him, holding him under. Rage took Finn. He broke free, leapt upon the biggest boy's back, and pushed him under. Another boy came at him, and he leapt onto the shoulders of that boy. Soon Finn was leaping back and forth, stamping on the backs of the boys as he held them all underwater at once. After enough of his rage was spent, Finn leapt to the bank. He grabbed his shirt and boots and ran away again. This time he told his foster mothers what had happened. They were worried. Finn, said Lucra, you mustn't do such things. Stories will be told about you. So what if they are? asked Finn. A look passed between the two women. Because of who you are, Finn McCall, said Beaumont. Finn found his answers that night. He wept with pride and sorrow as he heard of his mother's beauty and kindness, as he learnt of his father, Cole, the captain of the Fianna. His sadness turned to anger as he was told of the Battle of Noch and the day his father died. I know you will want vengeance, Finn, said Lucra, but we promised your mother we would keep you hidden. For her sake, stay with us. Finn did not want to stay. The world was calling to him. His beloved forest had become a prison. Yet he promised he would stay. Perhaps Finn would have honoured his promise and stayed in Slave Bloom. He might have broken it and gone out in search of Gaul. In the end, the choice was not his, for a story was spreading across Ireland about a mysterious golden-haired child who lived in the forests of Slave Bloom. Gaul McMorna heard the tale. He knew at once who this must be, the son of Cole. Goal would suffer no threat to his rule. The boy had to die. Days later, a hand-picked force of Goal's men made their way into Slave Bloom. They found the little hut where Finn, Lealukra and Bomal lived. But Finn and his foster mothers had already left.
So that's the story of the boyhood of Finn. Next week, things are going to get pretty wild, as we'll hear the story of the Salmon of Wisdom, which is one of the most famous of all Celtic tales. If you're not already a subscriber, please be sure to hit subscribe on your podcast app so you can follow along with Finn's journey. That's all for this week. If you're enjoying the podcast, please support it by sharing it on social media. You can follow me on Instagram at, at House of Legends Podcast, where I often do live storytelling and readings, and you can find my books by searching for Daniel Allison on Amazon. And speaking of books, if you're looking for something to read while you wait for Finn and the Fianna to come out, my debut novel, The Shattering Sea, which is the first part of the Orkney cycle, is now available as a free download from both Amazon and Kobo. I just ask that if you enjoy it, please do review it. Thanks for listening. See you next time.